0: good morning you're listening to drinking socially the official untapped
1: podcast your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer so this episode is brought to you by untapped in the untapped store use the coupon code podcast to get 20 percent off your next purchase Good morning, guys. I'm
0: John and Mount Beermore, the title of this episode, was created because our incredible, talented producer, Becca, was drinking beer on vacation. Well, it wasn't really vacation. It was actually, I think, just a a regular Wednesday, much like today. Uh, The idea is stolen from the premise behind America's Mount Rushmore, which is a Mm -hmm. really big rock in South Dakota, like gigantic rock. And Gutsan Borglum is an architect, a rock architect, uh, an artist that was charged with choosing who was gonna be placed on this monument uh, in South Dakota. And even the US Bureau of National Parks likes to ask visitors, who would you put up there if it were your decision? Now, Harrison and I took that idea and applied it to beer. And we looked for the founding breweries in our own beer journey. We'll catch you up on the first three that we kind of carved into stone. But this episode is about the final piece of the puzzle, completing our Mount Beermore monument, mountain stack of beer cans, the fourth mm-hmm. and final selection in 2020's Mount Beermore. But it's always easier to talk about monuments and beer while you're drinking. So, Harrison, what do you bring into the conversation today?
1: We have a doozy emerging of worlds of superpowers, if you will, I think is a easy way to put it. We're drinking Hershey's chocolate Porter from the one and only Ying Ling Brewing Company. So, um, this is, I'm so excited for many, many reasons, but first let's get to the stats. So beer name, Hershey's chocolate Porter from Ying Ling Brewery, of course. Listed as an American porter, coming in at about 4.7% ABV. And from England itself is saying England, America's oldest brewery and Hershey, America's most iconic chocolates, are collaborating for the first time in their history to provide a once-in-a-lifetime creation for their loyal fans to enjoy America loves beer, correct? America loves chocolate, obvious. Also uh, correct, right? So, <laughs> Yingling and Hershey's joined forces to bring the best of both worlds to their fans with a limited edition Hershey's Yingling Hershey's chocolate porter. This collaboration gives consumers the opportunity to savor and indulge in the unique, this unique beer for America's oldest brewery and America's most beloved chocolate brand. And I am I grew up as a child on Hershey's chocolate, as a y- older child on Yingling beer. So this is. Very exciting for me. But, John, if you already dived into the first sips? So What's happening over there?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Quick disclaimer. Yep. For those of you listening in Europe, this is not right.
1: chocolate. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, we can definitely have that conversation.
0: Arguably, it's good. This uh, We'll talk about the, the real chocolate versus Hershey's chocolate versus this beer. But... First sip reminds me of losing my first Little League baseball game and being really sad. And my dad and my dad saying, Well, let's go grab an ice cream, that'll make you feel better. Later, I got diabetes, but um, <laughs> can you know? it reminds me dead on of Hershey's chocolate syrup, it's milk chocolate sweetness. More than it is a beer. Harrison, I'm excited to hear what I've had this before because, for you know, for research, uh, and it tastes, um,
1: I want to cuss, it tastes amazing. Yeah. Harrison, what do you think? This is so cool. You're right. So, uh, uh, Yingling was kind of going to college outside of Philly, Yingling was everywhere. It wasn't, by the way, the world calls it Yingling. If you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, you just order lager. If you go to a bar and say, give me lager, that's Yingling. No one says Yingling. You're looked at like a weird person. If you say, give me a Yingling <laughs> in Southeastern PA. So don't do it. Pro tip, um, but um, so no, and like not just eating a lager, which everybody knows, but I've always held that Yingling's Porter, which I believe is still the base beer of this beer. is like one of the best, most underrated porters out there easily. It's like 4.7% as well, I believe. and. Really easy to drink, so great. Give me Yingling's Porter any day. Add to it, right? The chocolate of my youth, and like, let's not overthink this. This is great. This is a this is such a cool experience. And if you're thinking chocolate sweet, I don't like sweet beer. I'm going to say stop right there because this is not. I'm not getting. I'm getting like the chocolate flavor. I'm not there's a little bit of sweetness happening, but it's, it's, this is not a pastry, anything like you can just forget all that. This is just a, it's just a different way to approach like almost like a chocolate note you'd get from malt that could impart that some certain roasted malts, of course, as we know, like certain caramel malts are important great and part great chocolate flavor. So this is, but this is just so cool. It's just, it's very, it's lighter, it's easy drinking and the chocolate hits, but it's not out of place. If you didn't tell me this is a Hershey's chocolate porter, I'd wonder how they got this really cool kind of chocolate malt flavor. And I wouldn't be, I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised that you told me Hershey's, but also if you said, no, we just roasted it in a different way, I'd be like, all right, cool. It's very natural in this, as I'm getting at, that like the chocolate note, it's good. It doesn't taste out of place. It doesn't taste like a
0: pastry oh, stout. I mean, it's four, yeah. it's four and a half, 4.7 ABV. So yeah. it's, it's kind of thin. It's easy to yeah. like. I could I could drink this mowing could, the lawn. Yeah, on. I could drink and a lot of these. This is good. Yeah. This is dangerous. And <laughs> it, it to that point, it's not as caloric as a as a big twelve sure. percent pastry soup But it, no. th- the flavor profile. If you ask me how they made this, I would say yeah. they took a glass of milk, filled it up with Hershey's chocolate syrup. <laughs> And then replaced the milk with beer. No, it tastes like it's a very eloquent chocolate milk beer. If they marketed it as chocolate milk porter and they sold it worldwide, it would be it would be a huge. It's amazing. This This is is really
1: great. Maybe the move. This may disappear quietly for two years, and then they may reemerge with chocolate milk porter. You know, on tap at every fast food and diner joint in the world, and and it's just this beer under another name because you're right it's it's got it all it's to have an adjunct like chocolate in a beer and it's not 12% i mean that alone like there are plenty of huge imperial stouts pastry stouts you name it that you know celebrate chocolate and throw it in there with a ton of malt um and it kind of sits as a big thick chocolaty soup that's exciting this is like you know right chocolate in another light it's right it's like <laughs> The everyman's chocolate, which is really what Hershey's is. I mean, that's kind of like Mainly all, sugar. Right, right. But a little chocolate flavor. <laughs> but to someone, I mean, as we all know, as we've said multiple times on this podcast that everything's relative. Like if you grew up eating Hershey's chocolate, then chocolate to you is yep. Hershey's chocolate. Um, and and I was a Hershey Kiss guy. That was that was my jam. The the bars, Hershey's chocolate bars. That was like you felt like you're getting away with Murder if your mom was like, Yeah, you're gonna have half the Hershey's chocolate bar, and I was like, That's like eight little or six Hershey little cubes at once. <laughs> it's my birthday, we win the lottery finally. What's happening? So, right, uh, it, s'mores, of course, like, how can you not talk about s'mores and talk about Hershey's? So, there it certainly has a place in Americana. Where it lives in like the world of chocolate, right? It's probably like, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole and get in front of the chocolate lobby and their powerful chocolate lobby arm. I don't uh, email
0: us if you're a chocolate man.
1: <laughs> right. Um, Spice to say, I love Hershey's. I've been to. If you don't know about Hershey's itself, the park, amazing roller yep. coasters. There's a log flume, I think. That's and both the of these
0: I- like Hershey's and Yingling, like I think of Pennsylvania yeah, in the sure. states, uh, both of them are kind of from the same area. Yingling's been making their original porter for uh, close to almost 200 years now, oh. which is forever in America. If you look That's overseas, like weinstein has been brewing for over a thousand years, they've got an edge. But uh, it, but here in the states, 200 years making the same porter um, and collaborating with uh, you know a, a chocolate.
1: Uh a chocolate mogul. Absolutely. In, in Hershey. Yeah, of course. Hershey's, yeah, Hershey's everything. Even, I mean, it's a transcendent brand because it's chocolate bars, but it's also the chocolate syrup. And now you're talking about chocolate milk. You're talking about Sundays. I mean, it really is like a big part of just like the birth of like post-World War II America. We're sitting in a malt shop having a Sunday or a malted whatever and listening to doo-wop and dancing in our poodle skirts and Hershey, you know, having some chocolate in the car on the way home, it's like, it's kind of just part of that exciting part of uh, of our history. So, and again, obviously I just went through a whole plastic jack-o'-lantern full of of, cotton, of uh, chocolate <laughs> to get it out of the house because it needed to be gone. And Gotta get Hershey's rid of was, this. Hershey's was everywhere. I'm like literally sitting in a pool of Hershey's chocolate bar wrappers right now. If you could see the state of my floor, it'd be terrifying. So, yeah, I'm sold on Hershey's. But then again, like, right, like, okay, got it. But Yingling Porter itself, which is, again, I'm 90% sure is the base beer of this. At least it's very, it reminds me very much of it. Same IB, same ABV, 4.7%, a dark brewed porter. Like you said, John, 1829, they've been um, brewing this thing, the, the porter itself. And it's, it's just so good. It's one of those beers that does, I don't know, even if it leaves really... Um, you know, where um, PA and then obviously England has a brewery in Florida. So you see it a lot in Florida, but it doesn't really like leave the more local to the brewery markets, the Porter and itself. And it's just so good. It's just delicious to have a, again, a sessionable Porter. That is like my happy place. Yep, Like this is like an Irish stout version
0: of a Porter. It's got, it's got sweet, amazing flavor. I can drink. Three or four or five, seven of them. Um, <laughs> let's you, let's take a break. I'm going to talk about uh, what BJCP refers yes. to as style guideline 20A, the American Porter. Of course. So overall, this should be a substantial, multi-dark beer with complex and flavorful dark malt character. On most porters, that's a dead on. On this yeah. particular version, it's for me really dead on. Um, like they got so much malt that it tastes like chocolate sauce Boom. um the aroma is pre, can be pretty varied what i found most interesting in in bjcp's description of an american porter aroma is that it can be dry hopped and fruity esters sure. can exist on the nose of an american porter to yes. fall in that guideline um the appearance medium brown to very dark brown um, sometimes you'll get even a little bit of a reddish or garnet hue to it. Like if you hold a light up to your beer, you can see that some of them might be a little bit darker. Yeah. The flavor. Um, yeah. looking at yours, Harrison, on, on, on YouTube, like that's, that's as dark as I've
1: seen a beer in most cases. Sure. Um,
0: it, the it flavor,
1: sorry, the nose, the nose just screams dude. chocolate. Now, like it's, opening up a little bit, obviously like we've got to, to pause. It's just, it's right now if I'm blindfolded and I walk into this room, I'm convinced there's chocolate bars everywhere. It's that that's impressive. That's really cool. When a beer does that, when it kind of right tricks your brain into thinking it's something else. That's indistinguishable delightful. on wow. the nose of this beer. You could you could have a cup full of Hershey syrup, and
0: I I don't yeah. think I'd be able to tell the difference.
1: I drink them both and be happy. True. <laughs> um, <or something. laughs>
0: for a typical American porter in the BJCP guideline, you can expect a strong malt flavor. Right, we're hitting this right now. You'll get that more often. Like if you're drinking Founder's Porter, Sierra Nevada's Porter, mm-hmm. Anchor makes a delicious porter, yeah. like a base American style porter. Yeah. The mouth feel, BJCP says medium to medium full body. That's relative. What does it mean? Usually for me. When I'm drinking a porter, the mouthfeel is a little bit less than the mouthfeel I get in a stout. And that's mm. subjective, but sure. I expect a porter to be a little bit thinner than a stout. And that's a huge argument we'll have to have an episode on. We will. It's um, work. Yeah, like the guideline for BJCP that is generally more written in stone is the ABV guideline for an American porter. Uh, beer judging wants this to be between 4.8 and 6.5% ABV. Yingling slides in here at 47 right. I don't know if they'd get a pass and
1: getting judged in this category because it falls a little short or not. It'd be, I'm certainly worth, you know, obviously submitting it and letting the judges kind of at that, right? You're so close at that point. It's like that's not going to be the deciding factor. But Job brought up a really cool point this kind of Porters and Stouts. What's the deal? I think we may dive in deeper, but John has some some quick thoughts about this. We definitely want to share with you guys today.
0: This, I think, the porters and stouts, where we are today in 2020, it's almost more marketing than anything. It's a question. I'm um, you know, when I'm talking with a brewer on the phone or someone in the Facebook group, it's a question that gets asked often. And it's because there isn't, I think, an easy answer. There's mm-hmm. I don't, like without even thinking about it, half of the beers are dark and half of them are light in color. Right. Um, so and if you got like Schwartz beers and Scotch ales, and you got a dark American lager, which I think we actually had on the show a little while ago yeah. and that's broad categories of, um, of these dark beers. Generally you think of a stout and a porter when, when I say a dark beer, you, Depending on where you grew up, what you drank, you are generally are going to go to a stout or a porter first. Historically speaking, these styles were born you three hundred ish years ago, yeah. uh, before the internet, before the BJCP, uh, before Untapped. <laughs> so. I mean, basically, you had English brown ales were the dark beers of the time. And then uh, stouts came. Stouts were basically the more the higher ABV version of a porter. They were literally you would get like you would order a porter. If you had to drive home, you would order a stout porter if someone else was driving you home. And even more so, they would often like a porter generally would be something you aged in wood and at the pub in england these would be mixed to order like the brewer would be making these beers and then the pub would effectively be controlling what you taste one of them might be a little bit sour one of them might be really woody and they would mix them together so that you got a good pour Mm -hmm. so i think long answer Short is the difference between Porters and Stouts is a Netflix documentary that hasn't happened yet. Um, But Harrison and I next season are going to try and tackle that. I don't think there's a real answer. You could say malted barley versus unmalted barley. You could say ABV, but really um, it's, I think it's kind of subjective and what we're seeing in craft beer now is that a lot of it is in the name you know if you're trying if you're trying to sell your beer to a crowd of people that already love craft beer you're better off calling it a stout and that's just branding that's just marketing it doesn't really change your beer very much
1: nope i've spoken to at least one very well known unnamed brewery that's ver- it's currently celebrated for their porters that essentially like Imperial porters took a bunch of their old Imperial stout recipes and just brew them now and label of Imperial porters. And they fly because that's what they kind of made their name for was like, they got a couple of Imperial porters people freaked out about. And so now it's like, great. Everything that's old is new again as a porter. Um, and it's worked really well for them and they're great beers. So, but we will though, we will dive kind of a little bit deeper into this cause it's, it's fun. It's interesting to talk about. There's a lot of history to it but there is a lot of kind of presentation to it as well. And we're going to kind of try to separate that for you guys and next season of um, bringing socially. So keep following along. We'll get to get to all the hard questions and do all the research for you guys here to, to find out the answers.
0: Research air quotes. <laughs> That's um, before we move on to Mount Beermore, Harrison. Uh, I know you were kind of looking into this beer, which is, one, the most amazing thing to me, first twist-off beer we've had, first twist-off Ooh. cap we've had on
1: the podcast, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right. Someone may call us out on that. But, yes, I twisted it off, um, as most slash all angling beers are easy to e- easy to access. Beyond that, though, some other quick kind of hits from, uh, from on tap, data points here, since this beer kind of came onto the scene a couple months ago, again, this this year, they kind of made it a seasonal. Maybe that's gonna stay, maybe not. We don't really know, but it's here now. Top five beer worldwide, check-in-wise on Untapped, which is amazing and wow. it speaks to the yep. right the legend of the brewery and Hershey itself. And currently, as we're recording this, monthly check-in-wise for every what one Yingling lager that's checked in, there are four. Yingling Hershey Porter being injected I so, get it though I yeah. get it man I could drink a couple of these I know It's it's awesome And stated it on the website This is available October through February Right now It looks like this may be A seasonal to come I, I hope it is I mean it really should be It's done Clearly very well for both brands um, but so far mostly mainly kind of located in the what like the lower kind of like Southeast mid-Atlantic of the U S again, I, I haven't seen looking at untap untapped tons of check-ins outside of the, where um, I guess you would see the bulk of the yingling like, Lager, trends. yeah. I saw a few like Arizona
0: has some okay. weird beer connection where they do. any beer in the world that you want is available in Arizona somehow awesome. on Untapped. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of Yingling's distribution I think limits to like Texas and New York. I think it they'll get into Mass, but not Maine. Um, but basically, like southeastern United States yeah. um, for distribution, but. Sure. You know, Treehouse distribution doesn't leave their front door, and somehow I have friends in Korea that are
1: drinking Treehouse beer. Right? right? What you a know. what a great distribution network! I know, and that was uh, absolutely right. And then, I mean, yeah, and and this is also as as of note the first collaboration Englings ever done, which to be America's oldest brewery and now finally get in the collaboration game and do it with such another kind of like household name that Hershey is i mean that's the way to go if you're going to wait you know start with a bang so they certainly did that and this is great i mean this definitely you know it's exactly what i hoped it was going to be like this is the the best execution of this is what's in that bottle um and that's exciting and yeah i mean like takeaway for me is i could drink a lot like i could drink a lot of this this is not a novelty beer for me this is a beer that i would get a six pack of and i would enjoy that six pack and not even yeah and but no 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 complaints at all so this is that's exciting
0: yeah use it use it to help survive Uh, Maybe your last Thanksgiving or Christmas, if you have, if you're going to have like political conversations at the table, bring a six pack of this or 12 or as much as you can
1: buy. I know I could see maybe even in a future episode, though, us taking it to the limit and just like dropping a bunch of Hershey chocolate bars and like some kind of French press and slamming it through this and let you see how much chocolate is too much chocolate. Death by chocolate. We could have fun. There's stuff happening. We're doing wild things. You're in the right place, oh, everybody.
0: Cooking with this beer. Um, sure, I that's imagine, too, right. Um, uh, Mandy Naglich was just on, on tap TV with Greg. Uh, She's got a stout brownie brownies. that she makes. I would I would assume you could get away with doing it with this porter, and it would probably be incredible. Really, you could probably just mix right. flour into this beer and eat
1: right. it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I made soup today. Tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> Best soup I've ever had, chocolate soup. Uh, that's uh, that's right. This if that sounds if it's fit for a five year old, you'll probably enjoy it as well. Well, maybe. Now Plato doesn't make as good a crouton as a crouton does. I learned that the hard way. But enough, enough about croutons and weak things like bread. We're talking about strong things next, like rocks and beer. John, what are we? What's happening now? What, where are we entering? We're entering the the historic. Zone. It's the last, it's the final, it's the final beer on what is
0: a made up concept from <laughs> a real concept. That's right. But early in the season, Harrison and I decided we would, we would kind of announce our Mount beer more um, in the intro of the show, in the top of the show, we kind of cover how we stole this for Mount Rushmore, mm. Mount Rushmore for, uh, subjective founding fathers of America. So Harrison and I said, let's try and think about this year on season three of drinking socially. Let's think about the founding breweries of our, I don't know, beer constitution. That's not the right phrasing, but uh, Congress, right. Something like that. And <laughs> the real, I think the real encouragement, and we got some, uh, so, like some of you have made memes and, and sent them in to us. Um, like the real encouragement is think about your own craft beer journey, wherever you are, there's probably four beers or breweries that have influenced you. And it's easy to pick the first two or three, but the last one was tough. So for me, my first three beers on my Mount beer more are, I'm written on a post-it note in front of me. That's how important (laughs) it's like, it's it's harder the first one was founders all day that's that was the beer that was like my comfy road friend of craft beer it was relatively easy to find it was delicious the second one life-changing disruption from saranac brewery it was a canned nitro seven percent brown ale and i drank so much of that beer i drove most of the eastern U.S. to buy it all when they stopped producing it. Um, the third one was Franziskaner's Heffy. Mm-hmm. That was really one of the beers I'll credit with kind of introducing me to the idea that beer can be different than that domestic Super Bowl uh, TV ad beer that you grew yeah. up thinking about. Franziskaner helped change my concept of beer. And the last one for me is Victory out of Pennsylvania Victory makes a beer called Dirt Wolf. It's an IPA. The first time I drank it, I hated it. The second <laughs> time I drank it, it was the first beer that I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is it. I like IPAs now." This was about 5 years ago, but Victory Dirt Wolf I'll credit with really opening up a giant world of uh IPA craft beer potential. Um so, Victory's Dirt Wolf, the fourth and final beer on my giant rock, Harrison.
1: Fantastic. I'm,
0: I'm excited and eager to hear what you chose for your fourth.
1: Yeah, so, quick recap for me. So far, uh, for my Mount Beer Moor this season, it was Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale, which is my desert island beer. I got a fridge full of it just a foot away from Fantastic. me, which I always need to have. It's like my right, my blanket, my safety blanket, whatever. Um, that was an easy one. Allagash White next, uh, similar to your the description of the Francis Connor experience. That was a beer that I had where I was like, "This is so refreshing. This is a beer I could have every day. It's different." Right, anyway, it got me excited about beer and thinking about beer, you know, in a way I hadn't before. Um, and then. Old Chubb from uh, Oscar, Oscar Blues, which is as we all know now, and have been celebrated throughout the Facebook group, tied tightly to Crawl, the classic movie we all know. <laughs> uh, from, uh, Liam Neeson's career, Crawl. No saying one knows. Crawl right. no. is the. I gotta get a poster of that behind me. That's a. That's an obvious thing. I'm an idiot for not having it yet. But um, uh, anyway, that beer. Same deal, kind of like the first, as I said in that episode, first kind of beer I ever brewed was a Scotch Ale um, and to have a kind of commercially available one and drink a six pack of it. Like it was a light lager uh, at the time. Cause that is, was most of the other beer I was drinking. That was a, that was a good night when I had crawl tuned into that episode. We'll list all this stuff in the show notes of when we kind of ran through each one of these map your Morris. Cause those episodes are fun. We kind of get it uh,
0: into the weeds. We might <laughs> list them
1: all in the show notes. <laughs> right. Type. Everything yeah. goes according to plan. If I can convince John. Um, but, um, so that's where I've gone kind of in a nice variety, just much like John's you a pale ale. I got a wheat beer, got a dark beer. So where do we, where do I end? Where does this journey kind of take me? And, you know, more importantly, like looking back on my journey so far, like what are those beers that it's just like, right? You remember where you were, when you had it the first time, or you remember just kind of like how having that beer later, and you had other beers that have that same style. You were like, well, it's not like, this other beer you kept referring back to it it kind of became like a keystone beer for you and the brewery that made the beer i was going to choose number four was never in dispute, dispute. it's coming from dogfish head dogfish head is my kind of gateway brewery going to college in philadelphia it was everywhere it was always fresh one of my roommates had a house down in rehoboth that we would go down to on when no one was there in march when it was still kind of cold and go to the, brewery, the dogfish heads brew pub in Rehoboth beach. Um, so like I knew that that was something from them was going to make this list. And at first it was like Abrahop. I remember the first night I had that beer lucky to have a roommate with an older brother who was smarter than us, who brought a case of it. And I was like, what all I've had at this point was light, whatever, this is also a beer that kind of blew my mind. So that's where I went right away. And then I was like, wait a second, you know, years later, I remember having Indian brown ale and thinking, Holy cow, I love dark beer now. This is a dark beer that has some kind of hoppy punch. What's happening? Once again, Dogfish Head is messing with my mind. But as I kind of thought more and more about it, I kept coming back around to a number that we all probably know and love, and that's that's 90, 90 90-minute. They're double IPA. That beer for me, I have so many stories kind of associated with it where it really was, as again, a college-age kid, Discovering an IPA that had had a shark on the label, you know, it was exciting packaging. It had all these cool testimonials from like Esquire and all these fancy magazines. The best IPA in the world, I think, was on the their case of of ninety minutes, yeah. Right, and it was you know, so it was exciting, and I remember drinking that. And playing volleyball all day and drinking that beer is like an idiot. And But like in so many parts of my life, that beer, you know, early on in my, my beer career just keeps, it's there as well. So I'd be remiss not to include it in my Mount Beermore. It's definitely kind of set the benchmark for I, double IPAs, IPAs in general for forever. It's always the one that I kind of think back towards uh, even today. But John, what made you kind of... Yeah, let's talk more about Dirt Wolf and kind of how that... So you hated it at first, but now it's on about beer more. What
0: What? what, what, what I mean, yeah, so for me, it was like uh at that time, this was going back to like 2014, 2015, I mm-hmm. think. And IPAs were becoming more popular. And I was selling a lot of them. And it was like for... At the time, I was thinking of, of beer as this giant open world where everything's its own journey. But everybody that was coming in to buy beer for me was saying such and such IPA, this and that IPA.
1: Sure.
0: And uh, Victory's Dirt Wolf was an easy one to sell, really, because, I mean, Dirt Wolf's a cool name. It's yep. like it's like the sequel to the Joe Dirt movie. Um, so <laughs> I remember I got it on tap and I was selling it and people were buying it and it was a it's a great beer and i remember drinking it and thinking like no nah, this still tastes like an ipa i just right. have to like it because these are cool right now right and i mean this is like like coronado's ipa uh, and um trogues made an ipa that was popular right down the road from them perpetual right, sure um, yep And so like a lot of these more regional breweries were starting to really like dial in their core ipa you had like sierra nevada torpedo and other things as well but victory's dirt wolf and i and i blew through that keg was gone in like not even a weekend and i was like oh man we'll have to run this beer again so we got it again and i it was not even 14 days later i remember like after work drinking a pint of it and like it just clicked and i loved that ipa and i loved perpetual and i loved sierra nevada's torpedo and i loved every ipa that was on the shelf it was just an instantaneous like it finally clicked where i understood like if you've ever drank coffee the first time you drank it you probably rightfully so thought it was disgusting right and unless you had it at Starbucks and it was full of like cream and sugar and stuff. But <laughs> most of the time when you drink coffee, it's gross. And then yeah. you drink it again and it's still pretty bad. Three weeks later, you love black, good right. coffee. And I would compare IPAs to the same, but victory dirt wolf for me, that was a, that was like, I remember that moment when I was like, Oh my gosh, I've arrived. I understand Man. IPAs now. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it was, yeah, and that was I I ask, ask. like for you, 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, the same, like, how did, how did 90 minutes uh, tell me about your story of, of, of
1: dogfish had 90 minutes, Harrison? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was right. So, I mean, probably the first time, oh man, first, so going to college in Pennsylvania when I did now it's a little different. You had to buy beer from the, buy like the case. And once again, I mean, we'd been down to the brew pub, I, I think at this point, a couple of times and had dog, different dogfish had beers there. We knew we liked it. And I think it might have been the first time we went to the local distributor you know, back at college. Now in Pennsylvania, and saw they had like a different beer from them, and it was ninety minute. And we thought, oh, we love sixty minute. This is probably just even better because it's thirty more minutes or whatever. Our dumb kind of half thought, half realized plan was <laughs> kind of bumped into you know reality. And I remember, I remember getting the case and like what you know buying it and like what it's how much. Oh, well, all right, whatever. <laughs> Like I guess, good thing I have a job. Um, and then taking it back to the dorm room, drum, dropping it in like a like a cooler with ice, and kind of bringing it out to the volleyball court and just enjoying it all day. Not thinking that like maybe this has more alcohol. Like that those thoughts didn't enter our minds. It was like Dogfish Head is good. Sixty Minute was great. This is probably better. Why we never asked that question? Sound logic. Right. Luckily, though, going to college and having unlimited access to the cafeteria, like we were able to load up on like you know flapjacks and hot dogs and pay, whatever, as much food as we wanted. Where, right, you could almost throw as many beers at us as possible, and there was a cheesesteak as a shield there, kind of defending us from perpetual doom. So the night ended with you know not much incident other well you know other than what can happen when you drink a bunch of ninety minute. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's you know. And, and i remember after that like kind of that that following summer um like before it became routine uh when we were down the shore a buddy had a, a jersey shore for those who don't know what i'm talking about um uh we buddy had a beach house and like every night before we'd go out to the bars we would each you know take a shower by ourselves um and but the <laughs> replica but the shower beer of the summer was 90 minute because it was like you'd have that in the shower and you'd be ready to go to the bar afterwards. Wouldn't have to hang around the house and play flip cup or whatever. Just ready to go. That kind of got you where you wanted to be as you stepped out the front door. Um, and you right. It became like this really cool, just familiar. I don't know. It's a beer that had character that it, it had a place. We had kind of just part of our routine. Um, uh, for for many different cases. And then again, it, you know, it's impossible as, as humans not to like relate things and look for relationships and, com- and compare stuff. It's kind of what our brain does. It always looks for patterns. And and so when you know Dogfish Head is a double IPA and you go out into the world and you try other di- double IPAs, it, it for me for years was like just the beer Where something's a double IPA. Before I even took a sip of that new beer, I would think, I wonder how this is going to compare to 90 minute. And that was for, like, forever this, like the kind of internal monologue that I was going through. And obviously since then, this is, you know, 12 plus years ago, what a double IP is, what an IPA is, has radically changed. Um, you know, as we've covered in, in great detail on this podcast, but, uh, but it's still like, it, it's still there. And, and, and to be honest, it really is like those kind of beers where it was big body again, 9%. It's, yeah, you know, but tons of hop character. Um, I hunt for those. I hunt for those beers. I hunt for West Coast style IPAs that are drier and more bitter. I love that stuff. It's just it's just how I remember, again, discovering this world of craft beer. And Dogfish that was absolutely kind of one of those flags that when I planted it, I was I would always kind of look at it and at the uh, compare it to the horizon. And it's one of my kind of. You know, some kind of guidepost for me to see where am I going and how far off am I from where I'm supposed to be. That was a, a great reference point for me um, forever.
0: Yeah. I think you're you're swinging so close to like we're coming into the end of the year. It's usually a, a holiday full time of like getting together with family for good or for bad, um, <laughs> or working extra hours for good or for bad. But at the end of the day, like uh. take. Take note i i would I would implore you to think about your own Mount Beermore and and if you have any anxiety about Christmas, Christmas dinner, Christmas dinner with the boss, Christmas dinner with a new uh, significant other or family, like go back to your Mount Beermore. Grab your victory, Dirt Wolf, and and, and enjoy. 2020 has been a hard year. We all deserve a double IPA that takes us back to a better time. I love it. Well said. Um, what do you got wrapping up the show, Harrison? We've got an Instagram account. we got Twitter yeah. things happening. happening.
1: So if you caught it already, kudos to you. If not, don't worry. It's just beginning. But John and I are knee deep in our beer advent calendar. So we're kind of taking turns every other day uh, drinking a beer at 24 to, or more than that. I guess 24, right? That's how our calendars work to knock through um, before christmas eve um it's been a lot of fun already and yes yeah, john said so you can always follow us at, at that beer podcast on twitter but also have an instagram we've been dropping a lot of different kind of content there um and just trying to see basically where you guys like engaging with us the most and talking and what you look at more often that's what the goal of all this is is to just have a fun conversation about all this, this stuff we're doing so keep an eye out on, on those accounts it's at that beer podcast on instagram on twitter um, you can find us both places and yeah, we're kind of drinking our way through the month of December um, and using the guise of an advent calendar to make it seem like we're not just drinking our way through December and it's great.
0: Yeah. They <laughs> should have, like, really they should work on it like a year and beer calendar. I think that's uh, us. That's our job, John coming soon. Maybe <laughs> lots of memories on the show. A box.
1: Right. A gigantic box.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, coming soon the adventurous calendar oh, for God. the year That's That's it. Happened in real time. Oh um, Thanks for listening to the show tonight. Lots of memories talking through our own kind of Mount beer more. It's been a year long exercise, but I'm happy with the four that I have on mine. And I know Harrison is with his, even though it's impossible to reflect uh, a literal lifetime of learning and drinking beer. I know uh, If I can leave you with anything. Enjoy a pint, reflect on you know the the journey you've been through to get to where you are uh and what beers you like now and what beers helped you get there. And think about all the beers you've had in 2020, but not too much because that's a whole drinking socially episode coming up in a couple of weeks. That's untapped year and beer. So we'll see you soon for that. But what's coming up
1: next week, Harrison? Lots of exciting stuff for that year and beer episode. Lots of new exciting things. But next week we're going to be drinking one of our advent beers. So yeah, we're not going to drink them on Instagram and Twitter, but actually feature two uh, on Drinking Socially itself. So we'll pull one of those out. You know, nothing quite like the joy that you see in our faces when we learn what beer we're about to drink. About a second before we drink it, as we pull it <laughs> out of that box. So. That'll be hilarious to kind of go through with you guys. So definitely tune in for it. And again, in between now and then, you get to see John and I surprising ourselves every day with some kind of crazy crabback beer as we just kind of trudge through this uh, the end of this year together.
0: Other than that, show notes for this show and all of our shows are available at podcast.untapped.com. Please, if you have any questions or feedback, connect with Untapped on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or directly with Harrison and I on Facebook.com/slash drinking socially. That's the group that we keep for everyone that listens to the show and likes to show off pictures of the beer that they drink that we can't. Uh,
1: that's it. Other than that, we'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers. This this is delicious. Little yeah. Up and, up and-
0: I want to save some ice cream for this last sip, but it's already almost done. Yeah.
1: Next sip. Next.